along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio. I am Ron Kolick. Slightly under the weather. Well, actually, quite a bit under the weather. Hmm. And with me, my co-host, the lovely Blonde Bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Hi, everybody. I'm so sorry to hear you're not feeling good, Ron. Why? Shit happens to the people that were stopped in that. Well, anyways, yeah. this isn't good to feel lousy. So. Anyway, but we want to give a, up. <laughs> a big, a big shout out to our producer, Roy, who's going to have a baby girl. So, Yay! Awesome. Yeah. Congrats, yeah, Ronnie. Name him after me. Oh, God. Ronnie. Her? Yeah, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie's a girl's name. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, I what? That's a great idea. Yeah, he, you said he's going to name him. And you just said Her, it's girl. After me. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm I don't sure. know. I told you I'm not feeling good. Leave me alone. <laughs> He's going to name his little girl Van Helsing? What? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I do have a first name, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Ronald Van Helsing. All right. I wonder what I would, what I would have picked for a girl if I was a girl. I always said if I had a girl, I would have named her Coco. Coco? Coco, yeah, Coco Helsing? Coco. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you were a male, what name would you take? God, I don't know. Um You must like a certain male name. Well, I named my son Patrick. I like that name, but oh, there I, you go. my Patrick. own personal name? I don't know. I have no I never really gave it any thought. Hmm. Something I think big. I would. I I think I would like Victoria. Oh yeah, you yeah, Vicky. Yeah. Oh, Victoria, Victoria, <laughs> proper names only. Call me proper names only. <laughs> only your only Victoria. No no shortcuts. No nicknames. Oh shortcuts. No Victoria. Yeah, because I have to change my last name because it doesn't go with Colic. But I don't think it's I, bad. Victoria Colic. Really? I think it flows pretty well. You think yep. it works? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, you know, I might get a sex change operation. Well, and... you know, if you get the inclination, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Do a little <laughs> snip. And... There I am. <laughs> Victoria! Victoria, help! <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have an English accent, too. <laughs> All right. Victoria, help! You could do that. Mm. I don't know. You know, what goes with Kerrigan? I could be like... Chris Kringle, I could be. I actually thought about Christopher for my son. That that's what we took too. And my hut, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? That was the name we choose for our son. His name's Ronald. First all, yeah, first, <laughs> first, exactly. First of all, we thought we were going to have a. First of all, we thought we were, we were sure we were going to have a girl, so we already uh-huh. picked out Catherine for, ah. for it. 
Okay. Uh, Catherine Cecile, after my mother and her mother. Um, and then when we had a boy, we were going to name him Christopher. But, but mm-hmm. the sister's son was named Christopher. And her she didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, we would have been on this shit list. So, uh, <laughs> well, for good having, sakes. For having no name, we we became Ronald Jr. Uh, well, it's a different last name. She does have a different last name. Whatever. Uh, well, we had a lot. We have a lot of uh, Toms in our family and Patricks. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, when when we get together with my side of the family, there's three Patricks <laughs> and two Toms. <laughs> three, three, three Patrick's, two Toms, no waiting. Yeah, yeah. And then on the Kerrigan side, we have a lot of Michaels. So we, we, uh, he was Patrick Michael, my son. Mm. So, anyways, yeah. Interesting right. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the the Academy Awards just occurred, and uh, the slap oh. occurred around the world. Boy, did they! Woof. I don't even watch them, and I'm like. What's going on over there? <laughs> What's the big deal? I woke up completely clueless, you know, the next morning. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I didn't um, watch it. I go, okay. Yeah. I never watch it. Boring. Mm. I agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's see a bunch of millionaires get some awards. The only thing you hope for be the boobs will fall out on somebody's dress. Yeah. They got those suckers taped on, man. Yeah, I know they do. Duct tape. (laughs) Double-sided duct tape. It's like gorilla glue. Gorilla glue, yeah. They're not popping. Nope. Yeah, they ain't popping out anywhere. Some of them I don't want to see anyway, to tell you the truth. You know, I really don't. To me, I don't find that attractive. Find it more attractive with cleavage than that open, no bra thing mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. to me. Everything just falling out. Opinion. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's just, I don't think it's attractive. I don't. I, I really don't. I think mm. you know you need to be. You can be provocative or sexy without yeah. just showing you know ninety five percent of your boot. I don't know. Most <laughs> of them by by doing that they look so damn flat anyway. So yeah. They look dumb. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. All right. So anyways, the Academy Awards happened with the slap around the world. And uh, so we thought about, okay, let's do a show on uh, on movies, of course. Then uh, we, we could do like the most horrid movies or anything else. And then uh, I was looking and we I came across cursed movies. Aha. I, I thought that was really intriguing because I have heard stuff before about movies being cursed and mm-hmm. uh and stuff and uh so i ran it by you and and you liked the idea yeah. so uh okay what's uh want to take a look at some of these or oh my goodness so of course the first thing that pops up when you yeah. are looking for cursed oh, films can i guess can i guess i, I guess, guess so well it's not the number one that's not what i was going to say so when you Google cursed films, there's actually a documentary, uh, a documentary okay. streaming television series on right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 2020. Mm-hmm. And they talk to people that worked on these cursed movies. So anyways, I'm going to kind of skip over that. 
But that's the first thing I ran into. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> that was but, so damn. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is. Yeah, it is still on. It's in season two right now. Mm, a April lot of cursed 20, movies, really. It actually, <laughs> yeah, the season two just came out. April 7th, 2020. What's it called? The show is called Cursed Films. Oh, and it's produced by Shudder, which is a streaming service owned by AMC. Okay. One of my favorite networks because Walking Dead, hello. Oh. Um, but they cover alleged instances of curses surrounding films in five 30-minute episodes. I'm going to actually have to watch this. because Yeah, me too. I've been thinking of, that sounds interesting. It and, does and if, sound yeah. interesting. Yeah. So we'll give them a taste of some of these and, and people can go and watch this or make up their own mind. Yeah. Which, I just thought it was interesting. And, yeah, it is. So do you want to start? You start. No, you please. Because like I said, I'm not feeling good. All right. Okay. Yeah, so there's so many cursed movies. And of mm. course, the very first one that comes into my mind when you say, oh, cursed movie, uh, The Crow, of course. Oh, see, I would have thought poltergeist well i guess i i don't know to me that was the first one that jumped out and it's in most of my searches it pops out yeah well that too but mm -hmm. that's that happens to be the one that i think of first. okay no that's fair um we all is, have we have different thoughts yeah <laughs> is the crow so the crow uh was a film about well brandon lee who was bruce lee's son Mm -hmm. is was the lead in this movie he portrayed a mu murdered musician who is resurrected to avenge the deaths of himself and his fiance so this is from 1994 and what really was the the curse of this movie was that their lead actor 28 year old brandon lee fatally wounded during a scene um with a, it's a prop gun, but. Mm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. And it's happened recently. So it's a supposedly, so the character fires a 44 Magnum Smith and Wesson. Um, it's fired at the actor as he walks into a room. And the prop assistant was unaware of the rule for inspecting all firearms before and after any handling. So the barrel was not checked for obstructions. Now, how could, I don't know, how could, he was a prop assistant, how could he be unaware of that rule? But anyways, a bullet from the dummy round was trapped in the barrel, and it caused the 44 Magnum bullet to be fired virtually with the same force of a live round. And Lee was struck in the abdomen, and he died. You know, they, they tried, they brought him to surgery, and unfortunately, they, they couldn't fix him. So, um, so... Michael Massey was the character that shot at Brandon Lee. And he was so traumatized by the accident, he took a year off from acting. He never saw the film. And 12 years later, in 2005, during an interview, he revealed he still had nightmares over the death. And I, it, I'm sure he has, like, you know, post-traumatic stress over this. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes, recently we had that prop gun fired by Alec Baldwin, 
um, on his set and killed what the director. Yeah, and, and wounded and, another one too. And, uh, yeah, another person. Or wound, I think wounded the director and, and killed, yeah, one way or the other. Yeah, the uh, director of photography. Yeah, yeah. Killed. So that's, that was my number one that I immediately thought of as the first curse movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, we have many others. Yeah, but why is, I mean, we're only talking about curse movies. That's only one incident, and that makes it a curse because it was just one incident. Ah, uh, I guess when you lose, you know, your leading actor gets shot. <laughs> yeah, but still, it, I, to me, that's... You think there should be more. I agree. Yeah. I agree. If you're going to call it curse, it's going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. For instance, 1976 yes. Omen. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let me get this. God, I hate pop-ups. Uh, I know. I gotta put, uh, I gotta put, program your, set your settings to, so you don't yeah. get pop-ups. The Omen was plagued by terrible incidents. The lead actor, Gregory Peck, and the writer, David Seltzer, were on planes that were struck by lightning. Mm. Now, see, that's something. Or other. Now I get all kinds of stuff popping up. What the hell? <laughs> You're cursed. Your computer's cursed. I, you know, I'm beginning to think so because I got more crap in this popping up on it than uh-huh. I have no idea. Go away. Okay. Anyways, hit by lightning. The stuntman standing in for a peck during the famous rabid dog scene was actually attacked by a Rottweiler. It was bit through his protective gear he was wearing. Ouch. The zookeeper on the set uh, to tame baboons was mauled to death by a lion the day after completing their work. Yeah. And most tragically, though, after the filming was completed, special effects director John Richardson and his assistant Liz Moore were involved in a serious, serious car accident. Moore was decapitated. Ah. Uh, decapitated in an incident in an incident that echoed one of the scenes from The Omen. Hmm. Yeah. To me, that's cursed. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. It's a little bit more than just getting shot by somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. What do you got? All right. So next one on my list that also popped right into my head, the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, the movie. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up, by the way, because yes. uh, October... Uh, first and second and September 29th, Spirit Quest returns to Bezier Park uh, with uh, the Twilight Zone, the movie. Twilight Zone. Uh, Spirit Quest, Twilight Zone. So there you go. The theme. Anyway. So, yes, the Twilight Zone. Awesome. So this, uh, the 1983 sci-fi horror anthology film... Features four segments inspired the iconic Rod Serling TV show. Its production and overall legacy is marred by the tragic helicopter accident that claims the lives of lead star Vic Morrow and child actors Micah Din Lee and Renee Shin Yi Chen at, at 2.30 in the morning. I, I know they film all hours, but I'm like, really? 2.30 in the morning? And this... Uh, 
on July 23rd, 1982. So first of all, the two children that were killed, they were illegally hired. They were in violation of California law, which prohibits them from working at night or in proximity to explosives. And I mean, my friend Lizzie is a teacher on many, many uh, TV and movie sets. And oh, we should have had her on the show, huh? I know, right? They're very, very strict, very strict with these kids is that they can only work. I think they can only work to a certain hour, like nine, 10 o'clock at night. That's it. They're done. They're done. And, and they have to leave. So it's two 30 in the morning. These kids are out working, but anyways, uh, so the night scene called for Ma- Morrow to carry the children across the river while being chased by American soldiers in a hovering helicopter. But a rotor failed, which caused the low-flying helicopter to spin out of control. And the lead actor, Vic Morrow, and the two children were killed instantly. Uh, In addition to the deaths of the three actors, six helicopter passengers were injured in the traumatic incident. Um, Director John Landis, associate producer George Folsey Jr., the production manager, helicopter pilot, explosive specialist, all tried and acquitted. They were acquitted on charges of manslaughter in a nine-month trial, and it lasted a year from 86 to 87. And uh, it, I, I don't know. I, did nobody get held responsible for this? I don't know. Well, so, it's an accident. Sometimes an accident just Yeah, accident. I know, but there was a lot of things just going wrong there, you know. But mm-hmm. following this tragedy, new procedures and safety standards were imposed in the movie industry. So that was the curse of the Twilight Zone, the movie. Once again, that's only one incident. So to me, that's not three, really a curse. Three people with you. Yeah, but they're all in one incident. So I don't uh, know. Okay. I want not more. As I want, I want more curses. More mayhem. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you did you ever see the movie The Innkeepers? This was in 2011. Uh, 2011, oh. excuse me. No. I no, 20, not 2011. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's about a a um, hotel in uh, Connecticut, and uh, it's actually a, a real hotel. And the, the night crew, the guy comes in and does ghost hunting and stuff, and of course they find something there's a whole story behind it but mm-hmm. yeah it's not a, like a great movie but it's interesting anyway so evidently this is cursed as well uh, so the place to go in which is a real place uh is uh, a lot of the cast and crew associated with the innkeepers experience paranormal activity uh in the making of this film uh light switches would go on and off for no reason doors would swing wide open and then shut uh, frightening those present. Uh, cast members would even receive phone calls that when they answered, there would be nobody on the other end. Just that, oh. click, just that clicking. Wow. The hotel was filmed uh, in the Yankee Peddler Inn in Connecticut. It is known for a hot spot for ghost hunters. So uh, no deaths associated with, so I don't know if I would call this curse, but I would say a haunted film. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When you think so, yeah. Rather than curse, because like nobody, yeah. nobody was injured during the filming of this picture. <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah. 
would be kind of cool. Yeah, and I've never heard I've never heard of that film either. But I, I did. I, it was I only on one of my lists. Yeah, I came across it uh, on uh, the cable one night, and I watched it. And uh, yeah, mm. so mm-hmm. so you can look it up. It's called The Innkeepers. Yeah. Oh no, wait a minute! I take that back. I did not watch it on cable. I, yeah. I took it out from the library. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I came across it at the library, and I took it out uh, to. I mean, it, by the way, if you're interested in in uh, films, I know there's so many services, but not everybody has all the different services. You can go to the library. The library has a good selection of. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, DVDs that you can get uh, uh, your hands on to watch and stuff, and you know you have them mm-hmm. for a week, and it's 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 kind of cool, and and like. Our library, and I'm sure a lot of other libraries too, are in consortiums. So if your particular library doesn't have the film, they will get it for you. So I mean, it, it's really yeah. a great resource. So there's an, yeah, there's and there's another new one that they have now for movies that you can go through your public library. It's called Canopy, with a K, K A N O P Y, and they also they don't have a lot of you know current movies, but they have a lot of older movies and same deal you can rent them off and watch them on your mobile device computer. Wait a minute. Rent them? not rent them take them out yeah you can lend borrow them, yeah. them. you can yeah, borrow, borrow them. them yeah yes you can borrow them so that's the good thing about library it doesn't cost you anything i know i love the library and and people are like oh libraries are so outdated no they are not because you can get all this downloadable stuff and Watch it on your mobile device anywhere or read it, whatever you want. But yeah, check out Canopy with a K and see if your local library has it because I've watched some movies. Libraries libraries even have stuff that you can uh, borrow, like ghost hunting equipment. They do? Yes, mine, they do. Mine doesn't. Does yours? I, not, not every library, but there are libraries that do it. They have uh, different things. They have game consoles you can take out. Of course, yep. they, uh, they have uh, museum passes and other passes to different things that you can uh, use. I mean, it, they even have hotspots that you could uh, take mm-hmm. out. I mean, the library is a great resource. Uh, if you don't belong one, check it out. It doesn't cost you a thing. That's the whole deal, people. Uh, it's free. Yeah. It's a blast. So. Uh, speaking about libraries, uh, coming up uh, later this week, I will be putting up on our Patreon page, by the way. Uh, if you're not a Patreon member, why the hell not? Uh, <laughs> we we did a investigating at Ian's library. and uh, East Bridgewater? Yes. And uh, we, we talk about it on this, this exclusive uh, video for Patreon listeners only. So... Uh, uh, check it out. Uh, become a member. It's like three dollars a month, and there's like over thirty videos on there now, and some other stuff that are on there as well. And we plan on doing other things uh, for it. So uh, yeah, we love our Patreon members and become one. So, anyways, it's just like uh, PBS. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> sure it is. PBS. We, we should do what, like one of those marathons they have. You know. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Well, if uh, you want this great program, then you will contribute. And for yes. this amount, you get a DVD of Eliza Wackwing uh, yodeling. And, uh, uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. You're way out there. Yeah. <laughs> Reel it back in there, Ron. Okay. Yeah, so. We need another haunted, haunted curse movie, whatever. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Poltergeist.
Okay, good. All right. That's a, that's a real good one, actually. It is a good one. This was all kinds of mayhem going on. Yeah, just the way I like it. So, here's right up Ron's alley. Uh, how's this for a statistic? Four actors who appeared in poltergeist films passed within six years of the first movie's release. Dominique Dunn, who played Dana in the first movie, was slain by her former boyfriend at age 22. Ouch. Julian Beck, who played Henry Kane in Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, passed in 1985 of stomach cancer, age 60. He had been diagnosed before he accepted the role. Will Sampson, who played Taylor, the medicine man in Poltergeist 2, passed as a result of post-operative kidney failure in 1987 at age 53. Heather O'Rourke, who starred as Carol Ann Freeling in all three Poltergeist films, passed in 1988 at age 12 after being misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease. During the course of being treated for a disease she didn't have, O'Rourke became ill and suffered cardiac arrest. Uh, her family filed a, wrong, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Kaiser Permanente Hospital, which treated her for Crohn's rather than the actual condition, which was a bowel obstruction Ouch. that led in part to her passing. And the case was settled out of court. But yeah, wow. Dropping like flies. That's terrible. And that's really terrible about that little girl. Yeah. Really, really she sad. She was a cutie, huh? She was adorable. Yep. Yeah, she was. Yeah, little blue-eyed. Not a, you know, it wasn't a great movie. I mean, it was still Spil- Spielberg, right? Was it Spielberg? Um, or was it the other one? No, it's Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah, Spielberg. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a great movie, but it was interesting. You know, it was it was cliche and stuff like that, but it was decent. Anyways, we're coming up on the break now, so we have to go. So uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron right here on Tojanet Parax Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, McLuhan, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Check it out. All right, we'll be right back after the following messages. You have a paranormal event? book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello hello can you hear me my name is harry price i am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And tonight, Ron and Anne are talking about cursed movies. Everything you ever wanted to know about them. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go to them. You'd be cursed. <laughs> It'd be like, what was that film that, you, you know, the, you get the film and you look at it and you die? Oh, that was, uh, I love that. You know what? I love that movie. Did you really? Yes. I've oh, seen God. it. Quite a few times. I have, I have the, I have the DVD. Damn. Um, I know. I keep thinking the ring. I'm like, it's not the ring. Yeah, it's, it's the ring, isn't it? Is it the ring? No. Yeah, I think so. No. No. Is it? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's the ring. It's, it's the, the ring. ring. The with the well with the hair. Yeah, the yeah. The girl yeah. with the, the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the ring. There you go. That's the craziest. I love that movie, though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's scary. It's creepy. I don't like, and I feel like it's not like over the top cheesy, but it's just great. Like, let's watch this on Halloween. It's like, it's perfect. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I do. All right. So I want to talk about another film. And this one, once again, is not cursed the way I look at it, but uh, they they put it on a curse list. I, I like to know who makes these freaking lists. Right, it's on the list, right? <laughs> the, the Conjuring, twenty thirteen. Oh, yeah. Viera Faminga, uh, Faminga, Famiga. The hell kind of name is that? Famiga, Famiga, Famiga. Oh, whatever. Played, yeah, whatever. Who played the real life paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren in The Conjuring? <laughs> was so uneasy about making the film that she left the script outside her house. She wouldn't bring it <laughs> in the house. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Despite this, despite this, one morning she woke up to find three slashes on her laptop screen. Really? Mm. Mm. The eeriest thing, perhaps, is when the family from the real-life conjuring visited the set the crew claimed the crew claimed that a strange gust of wind followed them wherever they went hmm. Hmm. sounds like a haunting again doesn't it <laughs> yeah that does more than a cursing thing but whatever what do i know <laughs> so what do you got oh is that it i thought there was more no, 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 no. Yeah, that doesn't some of these, sound too cursed. Some of these are little skinnies. They're, they're little skinny ones. Yeah. Based on the list I got here. So. Oh, that, yeah, I, I don't even have that on any of my lists, I don't think. Oh, okay. Okay, so I have this movie that I have never heard of, okay? And yeah. it's called, I think this is how you pronounce it, A-T-U-K? A-T-U-K. A-T-U-K. Really? So 
<laughs> there's a reason I've never heard of it. It's because it was so cursed it never made it to the screen. Ooh. All right. Super cursed. So uh, it is based on a satirical novel, The Incomparable Etuk by Mordecai Richler. What a great name, Mordecai. I love it. So uh, it's about an Eskimo who moves to New York City. All right. Sounds kind of strange. But anyways, it's been kicking around Hollywood since 1971. So what happened with this movie is super creepy. You're, this, is, this, is, this is your level of curse, Ron. Oh, great. I need most, level. Yep. Most major actors attached to the project have passed. So first up, John Belushi passed a few months after agreeing to star in the film. Mm-hmm. Gone. Okay. Next Not up. Forgotten. Right? Mm-hmm. Comedian Sam Kinison. Signed, oh, yeah. Yeah. Signed mm-hmm. to play the lead in 1988 and even got to film a few seasons, scenes. But the production fell apart due to disagreements between the actor and pretty much everyone else. (laughs) Sounds like Kenison. He passed not long thereafter in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Then in 1994, John Candy. Sign up John Candy. He's going to be the lead. So obviously they needed like big overweight actors for this role. So this could be part of what's playing into it. Big overweight actors with drug problems. Uh, so John Candy was attached, but he passed from a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, Michael O'Donohue, a friend of Candy's, who, according to rumor, went over the script with the actor, he passed away unexpectedly of a cerebral hemorrhage. Ah, Next up, drop him like dead. Chris Farley, another overweight, funny guy. Yeah. He was attached. When he passed of a heart attack, and then, according to... So ask me, who the hell would go and work on that? (laughs) At this point, right? Right? Hmm. Especially especially if you're fat. Yeah, right. According to unverified rumors, Phil Mm -hmm. Hartman was also interested in, or attached to the script, when his wife ended his life. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one, two, three... Four, five, six guys. Six guys. No wonder it never made it to the screen. A took. A T U K. Look it up. Look it up. I, I, I just, yeah. Let's Check it just out in your funky cross wig. this one off the list. <laughs> Must see movie. <laughs> they never made it. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> All right, so let's continue on this strange thing. Mm-hmm. How about The Dark Knight, 2008? Ah. 2008. You can watch it on HBO, by the way, <laughs> if you dare. <laughs> Rising megastar Heather Ledger, who slipped seamlessly, maybe too well, into Oscar-winning roles of the Joker, a madman with zero empathy, died on January 2008, six months before the film's release. Ledger died of an accidental overdose of prescription pills. That's, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale, another actor from this thing, was arrested the night before the film's, uh, London's film's premiere for allegedly assaulting his mother and sister. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman, 
was in a car accident in Mississippi a few months after the release of the film. Uh, oddly, without any influence from drug or alcohols on the actor's part, his <laughs> car skipped the road, rolled down an embankment. Freeman was in serious condition with a broken shoulder and an impaired hand. A crew member named Conway Wycliffe died on camera truck on a camera truck while running through a dummy action scene with the Batmobile. It crashed into a tree. Mm. Wow. So there's a lot associated with that one. A lot of bad mojo, as we like to say. Yeah, huh? Uh-huh. Wow. Mm. That's a lot. Mm. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So we still have a lot more. So this is an oh, old... Oh, yeah, tons of them. I never yeah. realized there were so many cursed... Ah, I didn't... Airprints. Yeah. I, this, is, this is an old one. Uh, so this one's called The Conqueror. It was released in 1956. Mm-hmm. And so it's the starring actors in this were John Wayne, Susan Hayward, Agnes Moorhead. Hey, remember her from Bewitched? Pedro Arm- Armendariz and John Hoyt. So in this Not movie. All big names, by the way. Hmm? All big names. from the Yes. Yeah. Very, very big names. A number of principals involved in John Wayne's The Conqueror succumbed to cancer in the years following the film's release. Director Dick Powell passed from cancer less than seven years after the movie's 1956 debut. Actor Pedro Armendariz was diagnosed with terminal cancer in the early 60s. Uh, He filmed one last movie, which was From Russia with Love, the James Bond thriller, to leave his family with money. That's the only reason he did the movie. And then he took his own life in 1963. That's terrible. Actress Agnes Moorhead passed from, a can- from cancer a decade later in 74. And thereafter, both principal stars John Wayne and Susan Hayward were diagnosed with cancer and passed within four years of one another. So the backstory to this is that they filmed the movie yeah. uh, near um, Nevada's Yucca Flats, mm-hmm. which was... An above-ground atomic test site. Yeah, that's back where they used to do that in a day, which is now banned. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, and this was in Utah's Snow Canyon State Park. So it seems obvious what happened. It's speculated that the cast and crew were exposed to radiation while making the movie, Mm -hmm. which caused their cancers. This theory was dismissed as an urban legend, as the passings could likely be traced to either the unhealthy lifestyles or coincidence. Ah, oh, BS. <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's nothing but a cover-up. Okay? You know, no mm, way. No way. You know, I remember those times because uh, when they had above-ground thing, because we were taught in school to duck and cover, and uh, there was uh, uh, isotope in the milk. They found that was in the milk from oh. cows, cows in New England. So, yeah, because uh, yeah, it traveled. Yeah, that's why they banned it, but yeah. Crazy, crazy weird stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, they didn't—they didn't know, you know, a lot about it then. So they're Actually, like, yeah. the government didn't tell anything. <laughs> well, yeah, government probably knew, and they're like, yeah, go ahead, you can film that movie out there. Have a, yeah, go for it. Have a ball. They have this thing called wind to carry yeah. stuff. Anyway, it's really terrible. All right, I got one, which, by the way, is is a horrid movie. Uh, it scared the crap out of me when I saw it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is The Exorcist, 1973. 
Yeah. In fact, my auto mechanic mm-hmm. will not watch that film. Really? He is absolutely drives him. He's petrified of it. He won't watch it. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. Are you kidding me? Nope, not kidding. Oh, that is brutal. Yep. Nope. Never seen yeah. it. It's it's just I don't know. Seventy three. I was ten years old, so it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. Like I never. Freaky stuff. Just never happened to ever watch it. You think the wrinkle ring will scare you? This will scare the crap out of you. <laughs> anyway, so nine people died during the making of The Exorcist. Wow. The set for The Exorcist burned down during production, delaying it for six weeks. Uh, it caused widespread hysteria when released, uh, reporting reports of fainting people. Uh, be it institutional and institutionalized. Oh my God! And at least one miscarriage. Uh, it was the video of of the Exorcist was banned in Finland. Mm-hmm. Linda Blair had a mental breakdown during the filming. Mm-hmm. Linda Blair's grandfather died uh, as well. Uh, Jack McGovern died of a heart attack after completing his role in the film. Max von Schneider's brother died. A night watchman died. The special effects expert died. Oh my God. The, the cameraman's newborn baby died as well. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to work on that one. No. No. Wow. See, to that, me, that's cursed. That is very cursed. That That is really cursed. I, I'm just reading on my particular list. It says American evangelists believed running the film through a projector would bring about demonic possession. Oh, goodness gracious. John, oh, my God. John is dead. John is dead. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my God. Play this backwards. Yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah, who the frick can play anything backwards? Have fun I with that. Yeah, mm. I, don't, I just don't even know. So... Here's a real famous one, and I, I don't think I ever knew that this was a cursed film. The Wizard of Oz. What? Yeah, The Wizard of poor, Oz. The poor old wizard? The, uh, well, or maybe Dorothy, I don't know. So, actress Judy Garland became a cinematic legend playing Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz, but her personal life proved rocky after the film in large part due to abuses heaped on her by the studio. Now, this I have read about. Um, she suffered four divorces, a string of infamous insecurities and neurosis, financial instability, and addiction struggles before passing from an overdose at age 47. Also, I think that they also, uh, the studio made her also have a number of abortions. I had read that. Uh, they didn't want their star, you know, pregnant at the wrong time. Uh, Problems for the Wizard cast didn't stop there. Four months after the movie was released, Frank Morgan, who played the Wizard, was involved in a serious car accident. Although he was left largely unharmed, his wife, Alma, suffered a crippling knee injury that would plague her for the rest of her life, and his chauffeur perished. Morgan passed in 1949, never seeing the film become a staple of television and an all-time childhood favorite. Uncle Henry and Auntie M, Auntie M, met with bad luck following Oz. Charlie Grapewin, who played Henry, passed in 1956, just before the film debuted on television. 
Clara Blandick, who played Auntie M, ended her own life when she was 81 years old. Wow. And the production of The Wizard of Oz was similarly troubled as a number of notable misfortunes took place on set. Several actors playing flying monkeys accidentally broke the wires holding them up and crashed down to the set. Ouch. Uh, yeah, I guess they had a net to prevent grievous injury. Oh, that's good. Yeah, uh-huh. I got... No flying got... monkeys were hurt in the filming of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> the actress playing the Wicked Witch of the West, Margaret Hamilton, was badly burned filming a scene in which she explodes into flames. I think we all have heard that. Mm. While she took time off to recover, a stand-in tried to replicate the stunt only to be burned in the same fashion. Does Hollywood not learn? Mm. Anyways, so that was all the curses involved with The Wizard of Oz. So, there you go. Pretty cool. Uh. Did I do the omen? No. The Uh, omen? Omen, omen. Oh, the omen. Yes, you did. it's, I see there's more on this than uh, this one here has a lot oh, more on it. There's more. Tell us more. Tell yeah, us during more. the film, Gregory, Gregory, Peck, Gregory Peck, scriptwriter David Seltzer and producer Mac Newper, each were each in planes and separate occasions and struck by lightning. We talked a little bit about that, but I didn't know more. The three of them are lucky for the lightning doesn't strike twice. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, the IRA bombing uh, a hotel in Newfield uh, where the production crew was uh, staying uh, mm. and a restaurant uh, where directors and actors ate. Luckily, no one died in either incidents. Uh, the assistant to the special effects, John Richardson, on the other hand, wasn't so quite lucky. On Friday the 13th in August of 1976, uh, yeah, he crashed his car and... Holland and was decapitated. Oh, yeah. You said that. You yeah, said yeah, yeah. Uh, Richardson looked up and saw a road sign, Omen, 666 kilometers. <clears throat> one of the, uh, yeah, this went into all the restaurants, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, there's a whole bunch even more on that. Wow. But anyway, yeah, that was, that was weird. But, mm. uh, anyway. Ew. That's terrible. Yeah, that one really gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very sad. All right, do you want me to uh, do another one, or you you go up and do one? Well, let's see. Um, hold on, I'm just I'm just scrolling through to see. Um, I oh here okay so this isn't. We have several of these movies, but this was a TV show that seemed oh. to be cursed. Cursed. Um, well, Hmm. Remember different strokes. Different strokes for different folks. Right, with Gary yep. Coleman, right? Yep. Yep. So it's one of the most popular sitcoms of the eighties, but all three child stars met devastating endings. Gary Coleman, Dana Plato, and Todd Bridges all suffered from substance abuse issues and endured unspeakable tragedy. Plato ended her life in nineteen ninety nine at age thirty four after years of mental health struggles. The day before she died, she was interviewed by Howard Stern and faced many cruel comments from callers. Bridges was sexually abused as a child actor, while the show's main star, Coleman, saw all his earnings squandered by his parents and ended up working as a security guard 
before his death from a brain injury at the age of 42. Todd Bridges is the only surviving cast member of the entire show. That's terrible. It's sad, yeah. It's very, very sad. But I think, I don't know, I don't, you know, maybe it just happened that these three people just suffered the fate of Hollywood, you know, more mm-hmm. than... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When when it becomes coincidence and when it becomes, if you believe it's cursed, I guess it's cursed. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I just thought that was kind of a cursed situation. Yeah. So. Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not, off, not long after it was uh, completed, uh, James Dean died in that famous uh, record was Porsche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is supposedly cursed. Yeah, haunted. He, he, yeah, he ironically re- ironically received a speeding ticket just a few hours earlier. He was 24 at the time of his passing. Dean wasn't the only cast member of Rebel Without a Cause to die before his time. Natalie Wood died in 1981 in that drowning, remember? Mm-hmm, Under yeah. Under mysterious circumstances, some believe it might have been murder. Others believe it was yeah. a suicide. Uh, uh, could have been an accident. But anyways... Um, Sal, Sal Menino, uh, I can never, Sal Menino, thank you, Sal Menino, uh, left and uh, died in 1976 when at the age of 37, he was stabbed by robbers outside of his house, uh, outside of his Hollywood apartment mm-hmm. after turning home from the play rehearsal. Uh, this was ghoulishly ironic considering, uh, Sal's. Nickname was Switchblade in the movie. Oh. The Switchblade kid in the movie. Uh Nick Adams, who was the rifleman, by the way, who had a smaller part in the film uh, as uh, Chick, also died at age 37, uh, a victim of a drug overdose, whatever. Uh, Some think that, uh, you know, that uh, that might have occurred under suspicious circumstances as well. And uh, so all three of the leads in that movie all died before they were 40. Wow. And uh, here's something that I have on that movie, too, is that Beverly Hills orthopedic surgeon Troy McHenry fitted his own car with parts from James Dean's Porsche Spider. That's the course, Porsche, yep. And a year later, he perished when his Porsche Spider hit a tree. That's... Creepy. And there's another uh, one that use it in his racing car. I think believe the motor or something. Yeah, all the parts are supposed to be cursed from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, that. Yeah, we talked about that on one of our shows. Yeah, our shows. Yeah, it's, Plane, it's like you planes, know, trains, automobiles. I think. <laughs> yeah. it's it's like you know the flight that went down in the Everglades, glitch, yeah. you know, and and they used the parts from the the plane, and now some of the other planes and the other planes became haunted by the navigator of that plane that went down because. Because uh, uh, they use the haunted parts in it, supposedly. So yeah, Ugh. cool weird. stuff. Cool very, stuff. Very weird. So. Creepy stuff. All right. So I got Superman. Superman. Okay. So Christopher Reeve played the hero in Superman the movie in three sequels. The actor was paralyzed from the neck down after being thrown from his horse in a cross-country riding event in 1995 and subsequently passed in 2004 due to heart failure stemming from his medical condition. But he wasn't the only person in Superman films to face personal struggles. 
Margot Kidder, who played Lois Lane, suffered a bout of mental illness in 1996 and was found dazed and filthy wandering the streets of Los Angeles. Richard Pryor, who appeared in Superman 3, passed from multiple sclerosis only a few years later. Believe it or not, this franchise wasn't the only troubled Superman series spurring the nickname The Superman Curse. George Reeves, who played the Man of Steel in the 1950s television program Adventures of Spider-Man, passed at the age of 45 in 1959. The official finding was that he ended his own life, but some believe he was a victim. So, that's a lot of Supermans. Supermen. Mm. Supermen? Supermen. Yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you remember Three Men and a Baby? Yeah. There's supposedly uh, a scene in there uh, where you can see a person behind the, the drapes in the window, but there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's you can look that up. I'm sure it's on the internet some way because that's what we have, the internet. Right? That, that's right. That's right. Mm. I've never heard that. And yeah. it's in the actual movie? Yeah. Ha! It's in the movie. That's uh, Look it up. Three Men and a Baby, uh, Ghost Behind the Curtain. Okay. Uh, I mean, even like there's, there's other ones, too. One of my favorite, of course. In fact, I have it on the, uh, I believe it's Hotel California uh, uh, album cover. There's mm-hmm. uh, a ghost in the, the, the photograph. That was captured that nobody was there. Really? Mm. Oh, now I got to go. Oh, Pizza from the Dead. I have to go pull that album out and look at it. Yeah, it's up in the balcony. Up in the balcony. So look, there's there's something that nobody was there. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yes, I still have my Hotel California album because I love vinyl. I have tons of vinyl. I have hundreds of vinyl records. I listen to vinyl all the time. Wow. Nice. Mm. It's great. It really yeah. is better sound. I don't know. I just enjoy it. So. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, although it was like some of them, I, I got like, uh, I had to replace them because uh, back in the day, when I, especially when I first got married, we had those big console record players. Do you remember those? Uh-huh. Oh, big, yeah. Giant things. They were huge. My parents had one. Yeah. yeah. And you used to stack the records. So they yep. would drop down on it and go. <laughs> so uh-huh. they would have a little scraping on it. Anyways. Yeah. And then, of course, my cat got out my album covers one day, decided to, uh, you know, stretch itself. Ah. Covers. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But I still have most of them tech and, and I've been buying them since as well. I, ah. and, all right, we do have to go, and of course, uh, today's show is brought to you by Circles Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, and uh, 15 High Street, North Andrewood, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. So, when you want to say goodbye, because we're going to have the last word. Uh, I have to say goodbye before the last word. Thank you. you so much for listening to our Cursed Movies, everybody. I'm sure we'll have something equally as spooky for you next week. You think so? Yeah, I hope so. Mm. Anyways. Goodbye. (laughs) And now for the last word. This is brought to you by General William Erskine. uh, After he jumped from a window in Lisbon, Portugal. Now, why did I do that? And that's the last word.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.